Kia ora and welcome to the Stronger Dads Collective podcast, where we aim to help dads be stronger versions of themselves as fathers, people, and in their athletic pursuits. I'm your host, Hayden Pritchard, and you can find me at hjp underscore stronger dads on Instagram, and you can learn more about me and my coaching services at hjpmethod.co.nz. Before you finish listening today, be sure to rate and subscribe on the platform you're listening to. Right, let's get into today's episode. Kia ora and welcome to episode 36 of the Stronger Dads Collective podcast. Today you are joined by myself and only myself. It is a solo episode. So I have wanted to do a bit of a debrief of the Hawke's Bay Half Marathon um, for, you know, because it happened a couple of weeks back, but I had a couple of great episodes um, with Nathan Baxter and Ben Polkey that I wanted to share with you um, prior to that. So we left this one a couple of weeks, which has given me a bit of a chance um, to kind of I guess debrief and dwell on a little bit what happened. Um, I've also been able to get back into um, some regular training again and pushing a bit more with the strength stuff, which has been kind of um, kind of awesome, really. To be honest, I've I've finally started to feel a bit more keen um, on my strength training. I'd gone through a little bit of a lull there, where I was kind of having to, you know, force myself into the gym for those couple of times a week, um, probably just because of the number of k's I was doing and the amount of time I was on my feet running, but. Anyway, I'm a bit more motivated and energized to do that, um, and I'm quite excited to work towards some um, 10K events as well coming up um, You know, in, in the future. I think there's one that's the day before um, baby number two is due, so we'll see if that actually happens or if I just train for a 10K and then <laughs> don't get to do it, which is absolutely fine. Um, but that'll kind of be the next target is, is just working towards a 10K time um, as well as starting to increase my um, strength training that I'm doing. But before we get into talking about what is to come from my training, I thought it would be great to debrief because as you will be well aware, I have been chasing a 145 half marathon for the better part of, uh, I don't know, 12 to 18 months now. Um, and we finally ticked it off. Um, well, it feels like finally, um, but but we ticked it off. And so I was really, really stoked um, with that. And it was kind of one of those events where everything kind of just, I guess, fell into place uh, a little bit. And, and we'll go through sort of step by step with that. But probably the first thing to note that was really um, in my favor for this is they moved the start line for the Hawke's Bay Half Marathon this year. Um, last year, it was a bit further away. I My mum lives down there on Marine Parade in Napier, and the event happened to start on Marine Parade. So I was literally, I don't know, 200, 300 meter walk um, from the start line, which was just excellent because it meant that you didn't have to have the lines for the portaloos, none of that sort of stuff. So it sort of lined everything up um, perfectly for that and just gave you that little bit of confidence that you weren't having to travel. It, it removed, I guess, a little bit of uncertainty. So that was something that was excellent and in my favor at the start, which I was really pleased with. Um, obviously, the training prior had gone really well. I had worked on that, you know, sort of increasing the total volume of training that I was doing. I really wanted to make sure I could finish strong from this one. Um, I've been doing progression runs and those sorts of things where I was kind of focusing on that mentality of getting, um, getting to a strong finish basically, you know, sort of keeping everything smooth and then really being able to work sort of when it counted. And so one thing that I had done, um, in terms of my, my watch settings was to set up, um, 
five kilometer laps. Normally I go with one kilometer laps, but five kilometer laps just means that every five kilometers I'll get a notification rather than every K. Um, there were two reasons for this. One, I wanted to make sure that I was thinking in bigger chunks um, of the race. I wasn't getting caught up in every one kilometer. Um, but the, the second reason there was because I had some really clear um, targets that I wanted to make sure that I hit in terms of that pacing to ensure that I could go through in a negative split and actually finish the race or the second half of the race in a faster time than I went through the first half. Um, so prior to the race, basically I, I had nailed down a nutrition strategy, um, essentially about two and a half hours, three hours before the event, two and a half I think it was. Um, I had a couple of bits of toast, jam, um, banana, some Powerade, I think it was, um, and a bit of water, basically just trying to get carbs on board, you know, some carbs that I can easily digest that can get into my system um, and that will essentially be, you know, ready to go or, or already there come the start of the race. Um, I had a coffee about 40 to 40 minutes to an hour out um, and that was kind of all that I really had planned from a nutrition strategy, a few sips of water um, within there and that was kind of it. As I said, the toileting was fantastic. I didn't have to go to any portaloos or anything like that. So I was really set up quite well to start this race and I was feeling good. Um, I um, knew that the start or the, this race is a really nice flat race um, and the start is on the road. So it's, you know, all familiar sort of, um, I guess, surfaces that I've been training on at home has all been pretty much road surfaces, footpath surfaces. And it was that for the first piece. There was a little bit of sort of hard pack trails later on in the race, but it was fine. It was all good to run on. There was no worries with the surface. But what happened basically once I started the race, the thing that I often get caught up in is, you know, there's a lot of people around you. I tend to run on my own when I'm doing events um, or sorry, when I'm training at home. And so I don't tend to have people around me. And so sometimes you'll just find yourself going a little bit faster than what you had planned. And so in my head, I was going to be going slower than five minute kilometers at the start. You know, for those first 10 Ks, I wanted to ensure that I was going slower than five minute um, kilometers and only just you know about 505 or so was sort of what I was targeting there and I wanted to stick with around about that for the first sort of 10 to 13 k's and then once I got to 15 16 was when I wanted to sort of make the move so long as I was feeling fresh and so I worked really hard over those first 10 k's to slow down um, and I did a much better job of this than I did in Wellington In Wellington I think I was holding like 450s or something at the start which obviously or could have been a factor that led to the blowout whereas the first 5 k's I went through in 20, just over 25 minutes so that's sort of holding a 503 the next five so from five to ten I went through an average pace of 506 and then that was when I was like right you can speed up a little bit now I had some people around me as well in the event which is always really helpful who you can sort of just um, stick on to you know they were running a decent pace and I stuck on to them for those first little bits and then once I got beyond that 10 was when I sort of thought right you can speed up a little bit here and you can kind of move past um, these people that you've been using for pacing. So whoever those people were, thank you very much. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. Um, the other strategy there was that at 8Ks, I was going to have my first gel and then I was going to have another one at 14 and another one at 17. And I just used a, a Lepin gel that has about 24 grams of carbs. Um, and I banged one of those at 8Ks in, another one at 14 and another one at 17. And I was very tempted to not do my 17 one, but in my head, there was that whole control the controllables, you've practiced this, do it this way, don't be silly, you know, you don't know what you might feel like in another 3Ks. Um, so I had them at each of those time points. I would have the gel as I was approaching um, the, you know, the aid station, and I would actually walk and drink the 150, 200 mils or whatever was in those cups of just pure water, um, and I would drink that 
as I went through just sort of you know five ten second walk if that and then straight back into my cadence that I had and that plan worked really really well I knew that I could stomach about that much water um, and I knew that I needed to get the water in to make the sort of gel I guess go down um, so I was really conscious of that I purposefully you know slowed down and and drunk that drink while I was walking and then carried on and it worked really really well I, I felt strong um, so let's go back to 10ks in I've just gone through the first 5ks and 503 the second 5ks and 506 and then from 10 to 15 k's was when I allowed myself to speed up and I tried to sit you know basically bang on that five five minute k's and essentially that's what I did I, I the splits here on Garmin say that it was bang on five minute k's um, and then after that I was like right now you can step it up now you can start to push a little bit and you know the other good thing here was there was a couple of people that had sort of passed me near that 15 16 mark and I was doing a little bit of stuff I'd learned from the running rope podcast of um going fishing um, for people so essentially that's eyeing someone up who's you know a few hundred meters ahead of you it's going to take you a little bit of time to catch them but you're just you, you can see that you're already gaining a little bit and you just use them and you fish them and you you slowly reel them in um, over the course of the next sort of you know 500 meters okay you're not trying to speed up too quick but they're just making sure that you're not focusing on how you know if you've got a lot of pain or anything like that you're not having to focus on that so went through that next five and about a 448 ish um, average pace it says here and then after that you're at k20 it's go time right there's about a k left and that last um last little bit there of the splits it says holding just over a 430 pace so the the split that i was aiming for with that negative split it worked out perfectly right i went through you know about 505 average pace for the first 10 or 11 and then it went right down to about a 5 uh, 450 sorry for that last bit 445 around there so it was awesome it worked really well i finished strong i actually finished this one and and yes i was gone over the line but it wasn't like in wellington where i was just in complete and utter agony and was walking and all of those things near the end and i had just had nothing and felt defeated um i sort of was able to approach the line feeling good and feeling like i could push to the line um, rather than just survive to the line so it was really awesome i really enjoyed this event um the race was, as I said, a really nice flat race. Weather conditions as well were absolutely perfect. It was a pretty sunny, clear day, limited wind, less than 10 degrees Celsius type thing. So it was nice. It was a perfect day. I really um, was pleased with how that went. Um, and as I say, it was it's this 145 is what I've been aiming for a while. So to come through in a 143.40, um, it was excellent. I was really happy with that. And it kind of makes me think to myself as I look ahead to the next couple of years that it is possible to beat that Hayden of, um, you know, t what was it, my 20-year-old self when I ran that 139. I think I think if I keep some consistency in my running, you know, and I put in some concerted effort for another good, um, you know, might even be another full year worth of effort trying to get towards a half marathon, maybe longer. Um, but when I decide to do that, I'm, I think I might be able to beat that 20-year-old me, which is kind of a cool um thing for me to think or at least that's what I you know how I feel about that is it'd be quite fun to actually put some effort in and, and beat that guy um beat that younger version of myself but for now um that's not going to be the main goal um as I've said before I've got baby number two coming up in November um due date is the 6th of November and as I say there's a 10k on the 5th of November which I'm, I might jump into um if the baby hasn't come but otherwise I'm just going to work towards a little bit more speed work um, I'll still keep some longer sort of 60 to 90 minute runs in once a week but otherwise they'll sort of be between you know 45 to 60 minutes mainly um, and maybe one 30 minute one a week so we're looking at you know a 30 minute run somewhere between a 45 to an hour for a couple of runs and then one that'll be sort of 60 to 90 with um, 
in each of those there'll be one day that'll have some more speed work so sort of 5k 10k type intervals or 5k 10k speed type intervals and then with that long run i plan to kind of keep a little bit of a fast finish in there just to keep that um, lactate threshold type speed um, into the end of a longer run just to keep them a bit more interesting because you know i i enjoy the longer runs but i do also like to have a little bit of a push at the end but keep the majority of the run easy um, and keep the majority of my runs during the week easy but kind of have that little bit of a finish just it keeps me motivated it keeps me keen and interested so yeah still mainly easy running which has worked pretty well and has sort of led to where I am today and built a little bit more of a foundation but it's going to be exciting um, as we build forward and we just sort of can maintain this and work on a bit more strength so probably going to be looking at about four days of running Um, going to continue to try and build that bench a little bit Um, added in some front squats again so that's been a bit of fun Um, and just kind of yeah build a bit more of those legs back spend a bit more time on the legs um, in terms of leg strength as well as continue to work on or start to put a bit more effort in again to building up that bench because long term um, that 145 bench press plus 145 half um, it's within the realm of possibility now but we've now got to build up the bench which was kind of the opposite of the problem um, to start with but we'll see how we go Um, we'll see how that how that goes in the future so that is my debrief of the Hawks Bay half marathon it was an awesome event well organized can't complain about really anything about the event itself um the plan worked for once which was really nice but i think that was a combination of having done a really really solid training block with some key sort of working on my own weaknesses um, as well as having a good nutritional plan um, and kind of just executing a good race strategy with a negative split being patient and holding out until the end and trusting that that work that i had done and increasing my volume and things would allow those legs to finish so stoked that's kind of all that I have to say there. Um, The other thing that's kind of been, I guess, taking up a lot of my time recently has been the Stronger Dads online training community. I've been working towards getting that off the ground and we have just launched. I've sent out the first um, group of people, their onboarding um, manuals just last night. So it was a big bit of effort, which is why this podcast was delayed. I've put a fair bit of um, work into that and I'm hoping that those who are on board are really going to enjoy that and I thought that that would be what I would finish the second half of this podcast with is just a little bit of what is the Stronger Dads online training community all about. I mentioned it in a podcast a few weeks back but I thought I might give you a little bit more detail, talk you through some of the onboarding and talk you through a little bit of what the kind of program looks like just in case you were wondering. So um, as you can imagine from it being called the Stronger Dads online training community there is a big strength emphasis of the program. Typically what the program is going to be focused around is sort of six key movements and I don't know if I mentioned this in the last podcast but we'll mention it again. Um, It's around basically squat type movement patterns so think front squat, back squat, um, leg press, hack squat, all those sorts of things, lunges um, will be one of the movement patterns we focus on. The hinge or the hip hinge so thinking deadlift, good mornings, hip thrusts, those types of things. Um, so those are your two lower body and then when we're looking at the upper body basically we're looking at pushes and pulls so um, horizontal pushes and vertical pushes so that horizontal would be things like a bench press dumbbell bench press press ups that kind of stuff Um, vertical presses are things like a dumbbell shoulder press a military press um, all of those types of movements where you're pressing the bar or something overhead and then the last um, set of movements I guess for the upper body there are the pulls so that's things like a horizontal pull which is you know any type of row, seated row, dumbbell row, barbell row, that type of thing, um, and also any type of um, vertical pull, which are things like 
pull-ups, lat pull-downs, those types of movements. So those six key fundamental strength movements are going to be the focus of the program. Given that my background is in powerlifting, um, you know, we're going to include those real key benchmark, those big three type movements. Um, I'm not focusing on building powerlifters per se, um, but I do think that holistic overall strength working through each of these sort of you know, ranges of motions or movement patterns is a real key. Yes, there will be some focuses on things like your bench press, things like your squat, things like um, your deadlift. Those types of movements will be emphasized and we'll probably go through different phases of programming where, you know, it might be a more focused bench press block. It might be that we're building the squat or um, the deadlift in particular or something like that. Um, and that doesn't mean that those people that are on the program will have to do those movements, you know, because I know some people won't be able to necessarily feel comfortable doing back squats or a front squat or whatever our squat focus movement might be, but they might have to sub that in with something else. And that's part of what this onboarding manual that I've created is all about, is teaching people about the movements so that they know how they can substitute things, what would be good to do for that sort of thing, and also just to really understand the program. Now, we've mentioned the strength em emphasis there, and that is a big thing. But one of the major focuses of the entire program is looking at training for health and longevity. We're looking at making um, you know people stronger versions of themselves. That doesn't just mean physical strength, right? That also means that they are going to be better people. They're going to have more energy. They're going to be able to hang out more with the kids, do more of those fun activities that the family might want to do. And for me, cardio is a big part of that. You know, if you have only the strength and not the cardio, you know, that's kind of like we've got a bit of a weakness there that we need to work on. So. The cardio aspect is going to be time-based. You can use whatever modality you want. Um, yes, it will be enough type of training to improve a 5K or a 10K if that's something that you're looking at, doing better, you know, if it's running that you're focusing on. So it's going to be targeted around, you know, there's going to be inclusion of intervals. There's going to be inclusion of slow runs. There's going to, or slow, sorry, slower pace, like zone two type training. And there'll be inclusion of some sort of tempo or that moderate um, to, to challenging effort um, for sustained stuff. So we're going to be working all aspects of that cardiovascular fitness. Now, what will a training week look like? That's probably something that people are thinking about. And so what I thought I would do is let's do two things. Let's first go through just a little bit of the table of contents and what's kind of in the Stronger Dads onboarding manual, um, because this is what you will get when you sign up for the Stronger Dads online training community, um, this onboarding manual, which I've been working on. Now, this covers a bit of everything, right? It introduces a little bit about the you know physical activity standards, what we should be including if we're wanting to sort of, I guess, increase the odds of being here for a longer period of time, which is something that to me is a massive emphasis, right? I want to be here for a long time so that I can see Harvey get older, I can watch him grow up and whoever Harvey's brother is going to be in a couple of months, you know, like I want to be here for them. And that's what's changed my whole entire training focus. Yes, I have performance goals and yes, I want to help people achieve some of their own performance goals, but we kind of need to be here for that, right? We need to be in it for the long game. And we, and also, you know, as fathers, we, we should want to be here. I mean, I hope we want to be here for a long time to help our children and be there and watch them grow up and kind of see them um, hit all these milestones. So there's a, that's one of the first things we talk about is training for health and longevity. What does that look like? And how does that influence the programming that you're going to see in the Stronger Dads online training community? The next thing is we talk about um, approaching training and within this specifically um, we basically talk about having a long-term 
focus um, that we shouldn't get caught up on day-to-day or week-to-week variation that we might get but actually we should be thinking in months and years you know rather than days and weeks because basically we tend to overestimate what we can do in a day and underestimate what we can do in a year you know and that's a quote that's often attributed to Bill Gates but wherever it comes from it's kind of a good thing to think about right where are we where are we putting our minds at you know are we overestimating what we can do right now and getting disappointed when we don't do that or are we under or are we you know not thinking about that long game and so we're not actually realizing how much we could achieve um, in the longer time frame the other part of this is about not overcomplicating things so kind of thinking about you know the stress and the adaptation what are we trying to actually make happen and why um, and then thinking also in this approach to training about auto regulation the importance of that especially for fathers when we think about the you know the various different things that could influence how we come into training and could influence how we perform um, we talk about those movement patterns, those six movement patterns, as I've discussed, um, some different types of movements in there. We discuss the modalities of aerobic training and how you might put those within um, the plan and how you might choose those. Then we go through how you actually interpret the way that I write um, training plans, talking a bit about RPE, about reading the specific ways that I actually would write in training, which is obviously important if you're trying to read my training. Um, and we talk a lot there about, yeah, that rate of perceived exertion for both strength training and aerobic training as a means of setting the intensity that we're using in training um we sort of then get into that really important stuff about the implementation and and implementation and adaption of the program so one of the things that i'm doing within this plan is when i design the training program i am 100 looking at this of how can i design it so that if someone has to make a change they can still get the most bang for buck and i do that in a few ways so with the prioritization of days essentially what I do here is ensure that the most important training day is the first day of the week and that is for both the first strength day and the first conditioning day so that if someone can only get one session in that it's that session right and that they get that work in because that covers the bases you know kind of in the way that I think is most important now that then also flows on that the second day is the next most important the third day is the least important again to allow people that if things pop up in their week and they have to skip a session that they can then do the next session and be absolutely fine with that you know for that particular week so that's if people can get you know sort of a whole day in but maybe not as many days as they would have liked the second thing is sometimes people are just going to be time limited per session and so i've actually prioritized the exercises within each day so that means for the strength things that if you got in the first two exercises of each day you would still cover all of those six fundamental movement patterns across the course of the week right so that basically means that if you have to get less work done in a specific session because you don't have the time available that day, you can get in the first two exercises and you can get out and you can go home. And that might take you sort of, you know, 15, 25 minutes, whatever it is. And on those days where that has to happen, you can come away from training knowing that you've still got to win because of the way that we've prioritized the exercises within the session. The next thing is basically having inbuilt prescription ranges. And this one shouldn't be too surprising, right? It basically means that there's not one um, amount of sets that we prescribe and there's not one amount of time for the conditioning that we prescribe. There's upper and lower ends of each range um, that if you're more experienced, you might aim for the higher ends of the range and less experienced towards the lower end, potentially. Um, if you've got less time available, obviously you can do the lower end of the range. Um, if you've got more time or you feel really good, you could potentially do more. Um, and so that's where the fatigue part is important, right? If you've had a crappy night's sleep, but you still want to get some of your mahi in then you can go to the gym and you can get that first 
um, few sets in and be done. So for instance, you know, if we look at day one in the plan, um, which you can't see, but I can, <laughs> um, essentially we've got, you know, day one of the strength day as a back squat for the onboarding program. Um, and day, and the second exercise is a bench press, right? It's a times five at a seven to eight RPE. Um, and then you take away 10% and do one to two more sets of five, and then it mimics that for the bench press, right? So if on that day you came in and you could only get the first two exercises and you'd be going with the lower end of the range, you'd come in and you'd have a times five set of back squats as your top set at a seven to eight RPE, so two to three reps left in the tank. And then you would minus 10% off that, do one more set, squats are done. And then you do that exact same thing for bench press. So you could get through that pretty quickly and you could be in and out of the gym and have still got two big benchmark compound movements in and kind of feel like you've still been successful. That would also fit essentially within sort of the minimum effective dose if we look at some of that Dr. Pack um, research. So that's kind of what I've focused this stuff around, right? Is trying to ensure that we can, if we hit the minimums, we can still progress, but we can still feel like we're winning because we know that it's been designed in such a way that that is absolutely fine, right? That there isn't a set, I have to do A, B, C, D or else my session is a failure. It's no, 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 we've inbuilt this prioritization. We've inbuilt um, the way that we're training this so that if you have to do less, it's absolutely fine. This is targeted around dads. It's targeted around people that are busy. The idea isn't that you have to do all of this work all of the time, right? It's basically allowing you to make smart training decisions and hopefully in time teaching you um, how to make smart training decisions um, within the stuff that you do. So that's a little bit about that main big piece about adapting the training plan there. Um, the other piece of that is obviously exercise substitution. It just goes through how, you know, one exercise can become essentially 20 exercises and how or why you might choose to use a different type of equipment, a dumbbell over a barbell, a tempo movement over a standard movement, a um, limited range of motion movement over a full range of motion movement and kind of giving people a few ideas of when they might make such substitutions. And then it talks a little bit about additional workouts, right? Because that is something that some people coming into this might be doing. They might be wanting to the strength work to supplement the cardio they already do, or they might be wanting the cardio to supplement the strength they do. And it just talks a little bit about how we might um, do that. And also talks about the fact that yes, the onboarding program is, you know, set and it's just these three strength days and three conditioning days for the two weeks of the onboarding. But when we get into the meat and potatoes of the program itself, when we start that first training block on the 24th of September, once people have done this first two weeks of onboarding, then essentially there'll be some things where I might add in some extras, a bit of core work that we might people might be able to add in if they wish to do, some optional sessions if they, you know, if they feel they need it. But I'm kind of going to be a bit dictated by the people that are in the plan and what they ask for at our office hours and all those sorts of things. I want to be led by the people that are in the program and be able to sort of, you know, start from this initial block and build this thing with the people, right? That's that's kind of what I want it to be. I want the community to lead the development of this. Yes, I've set some groundwork and some foundations in here about what I want things to look out. Um, but essentially, you know, I, I hope that in time it will become um, what the community sort of wants and needs and maybe even, I mean, this is now spitballing a little bit, but maybe even having, you know, like different strands. We might have a, a, a strength focused group within this that still has the cardio components to hit those physical activity standards, but they're looking to build, you know, their back squat or they're looking to build their bench press or whatever it might be. And we'll have specific focuses for specific blocks. And likewise, maybe there'll be people that are more focused on the cardio. We want to hit our strength minimums, but actually we want to try and build towards a fast 10K or a fast half marathon or a full marathon but I want to be led by the people that are in the community so this is all me thinking future here right but to start with um, we've got the set plan for the onboarding and we're going to be going with a similar type of structure with the potential for some of these additional sessions um, as the community kind of needs it so 
I'm really excited for this. Um, and then as we carry on through this onboarding document, there's some instructional videos that I've linked to um, from YouTube, a few FAQs around things like sickness and injuries and nutrition, um, and then the program itself and some links out to some additional resources is what finishes the onboarding. So it's pretty comprehensive. I think we've got about 30 pages um, all up with plenty of external um, hyperlinks for wider reading so and videos and things like that as well. So it's a pretty comprehensive resource. I've put a lot of work into it and I hope that the people that are in the community find some value in it. Um, if you're interested in learning a bit more about this um, Stronger Dads online training community and see what it's all about, feel free to visit um, strongerdads.co.nz. So www.strongerdads.co.nz. And that gives you a little bit of information around the Stronger Dads online training community. It's $15 New Zealand um, per week. And that gives you access to not only the programming that you've sort of heard about with this little bit of an overview, but there's those office hours. So that's each week, there'll be times where people can jump into a live video chat with myself. We can get into some specific nitty gritty questions. Um, and sort of discuss some of those things and maybe just encourage each other a bit as well. There could be some just typical dad life chats in there, um, as well as having access to the Facebook um, community group where, you know, we're going to try and build that supportive community of people. And, you know, there's already been a, a few people introducing themselves on there and sort of getting into some of that. And, you know, if you want to join in, you want to become part of it, hey, um, I'd love to have you on board. You'd, I can send you this manual. We can get you into it. Um, just reach out, strongerdads.co.nz, and you'll find a link to signing up to that. But, that's all that I have for you today. Hope you enjoyed my little bit of a debrief over the Hawks Bay Half Marathon. Very, very pleased to hit that 145 there. I'm very pleased to have a training plan that I was able to stick to, that I was able to target to my own weaknesses, and that paid off in the end. Have a good plan um, and have some good, you know, good plan both nutrition-wise and strategy-wise on the day and be able to actually execute that. It was it was really good and it was really pleasing to finally finish one of these halves and feel like I have ticked that off. So thanks a lot for tuning in to episode 36 of the Stronger Dads Collective. I hope you enjoyed this one. Feel free um, you know, to reach out if you have any questions about the Stronger Dads online training community. But otherwise, we will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Stronger Dads Collective podcast. If you found anything within this episode valuable, please be sure to share it with someone else who you think might benefit from its content. Don't forget to give the podcast a rating on whatever platform you're listening to. If you want to follow along with what I'm up to, you can follow me on Instagram at hjp underscore stronger dads. If you're interested in any of my coaching services or learning more about me, just head to hjpmethod.co.nz. That's hjpmethod.co.nz. Right, we'll see you on the next one.